Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon. Good day. <clears throat> Junchu, what's a what's a type talk title I gave you this morning? Don't let go. What I thought it was. Apparently, I let go of that. I couldn't couldn't remember it. So, what is this? When I say don't let go, quite often this is what we're told by people who think they know better than we do what's happening. Say, so just let go. Just be with all things, just let go, just let go. And as you may know, if you've listened to me very much, I say, don't do that. Another don't. Don't do that. Don't. When I say don't let go, I mean what I'm endeavoring to help you with so that you won't build up an identity of someone who's letting go. I just let go. How many times have we said that to ourselves or to someone else? Well, just let go. Just you know, you're hanging on so tight to your your marriage, your child, your dog, your your life, your health, your whatever. Anytime you sink your hooks into anything, just observe that. Just look at the see the way in which you grasp, see in the way in which you hold on, but don't let go of anything. This doesn't mean if you have a uh, pick up something that is a, a that you thought was a toy and it turns out to be a live scorpion, you shouldn't let go of that. It's very situational. Of course you should let go of that. But when we're talking about a situation of what is happening in the mind with our emotions, this has happened, this happened, then this happened, and that triggers something that was somehow over here comes out of your emotional mind stream into, ugh, this doesn't feel so good. Uh, my could be any number of things. Someone very close to you that you love dearly, that you were hanging on to, passed away. I'm not going to say to you, well, just let go of them. Just, it'll be okay. It'll, you know, everything passes. Uh, you kind of, some kind of pa uh, um, um, pacifying the whole thing. Don't let go of, see the way in which you hang on. See the way in which you've got your hooks into something, rather than try to artificially try to get rid of what the Buddha pointed at in the first noble truth. Life is suffering. So it's not about trying to get rid of that. It's trying to what? See what that is. The main uh, underlayment, the main support, the main substrate of that situation is mistaken identity. You are, you think you are a separate person. I'm not accusing you of anything. Do what you want to do. Leave the Zendo, leave the computer, go to something else. But if you're listening to me, and you are probably going to listen to me for the rest of the hour, consider what I'm saying. Just observe the way you cling to stuff. Your emotions, your feelings, the contracted self that thinks he, she, they can somehow get on top of things. Get There, isn't, there aren't any things. I'm not saying this is going to show up in somebody in their mind. Oh, I finally discovered emptiness, shunyata. I think I'm looking at shunyata. I think I might be awake. It's all bullshit. Don't believe me. Don't say what well, Sokazan said. Don't do that. But as soon as, uh, as, soon as this uh, goes away, this particular Dharma talk will go away. As soon as that goes away, you could consider in your own life when you're looking across the kitchen table, when you're opening the cupboard to try to find uh, where you stored the salt or whatever it may be. Just, just look at everything that's there. Just receive. Receive everything. And notice as you receive how you keep labeling and adding on and judging and foisting your own particularity, your own me, me, me situation onto every damn thing. This is what Chicken Taz is about. Sit down, hold still, and uh, subject, subject that consciousness that continually is drumming up some, some kind of proof that I'm somebody going somewhere. I've been offended by this and supported by that. The constant stories that are wrapping us up in knots. Or maybe you're quite happy and content with everything. You probably won't be on this 
Dharma talk. You probably will not be zooming into this if you're happy and content. I'm sure we don't. You know, we all know people that are just wonderful. Why would you ever meditate? You feel so good. Death comes without warning. And it's not what you think it is. It's worse than that. And it's also better than that. Again, not to. If you take any position on it, you just, you might as well be slamming your eyes shut and putting epoxy all over them. Receive this. Receive. See what it is. And when it comes in, regardless of how bad it smells or how offensive it is or how many ob ob objections or opinions that you continually try to lay on top of it, See if you can see it in such a way that everything that you try to send out as a projection, as an outflow, as a judgment, as a qualifier, turn it around. If you can, look at it until it turns around, because it will. If your intention is just, just uh, receive, just intend to see what this is. If you start to get proof that you're, in, you, that you're, that you're doing it correctly, you've misunderstood. There is no proof. Anytime there's proof, we're right. And I'm not against uh, uh, anything that Max Planck said or Nils Bohr. I'm not against phys physics. This is physics. You get to be this. You get to do this. Why go and read about anything when it's right here? You are what you're looking for. Your consciousness completely, every moment, transcends. Transcends everything any scientist has ever said. But it's not in competition with it. It's not like better. Go ahead, Chisho. This morning, you said if you keep looking at it, it turns around. What turns around? Bye. Anything that looked like it was going away. Everything, anything and everything that looks like it was receding or going away will turn around because the very nature of uh, this existence we think we're actually in with all of its fancy uh, uh, obstructions like the concept of time and the concept of space, those particular entrapments, just observe. It's, it's, it's just about, not only just about, it is impossible to describe it. If you awaken to it, if you realize what this is, you might not have anything to say at all. So notice, notice the way, because each one's doing this differently. It's like everyone has a different set of fingers, a different way of hanging on to something. Just look at the grip, look at that, and that's difficult to do. Because it, at this time, time we're looking with that, it comes with all kinds of post-it notes that say, we're supposed to be doing this, you're doing it right, you're actually hanging on, of course you need to hang on. Why wouldn't you? Everybody would hang on if they were in this situation. <clears throat> what arises in your mind stream is none of your business, but you shouldn't ignore it. You shouldn't grasp it, and you shouldn't reject it. Passion, aggression, ignorance, simply put. It's, it's, you can't accomplish it, because the very idea of accomplishment comes from otherness, and there is no otherness that has any fundamental validity, unless you give it some, and then you can then you can talk to other people who are thinking the way you are. Have a conference. Have a conference on the nature of reality. You probably could. I probably could do something like that. It would just lead to more conferences. More questions, or I can keep talking. Go ahead. I seem to want to push things away through pacifying. How do I... Stop it. Helpful. <laughs> watch the way you can't do it. Just observe very carefully instead of trying to do it, instead of trying to let go of the pacifying, instead of trying to do that prematurely, which is the ego language, trying to get rid of that before you've even seen what it is. In other words, go into it. And this is difficult because then you see how helpless you are in the face of this uh, knee-jerk response of pacifying that you're covering up. You do not want to be seen. Am I accusing you of anything? Yes. What am I accusing you of? Covering up. Yeah? Passive How's that fit? It, it's, uh, you have it to lands. Yeah, do you have to stop doing that? No. Very good. Just look at it. 
It's, it's unreal. It's vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still form. Still form. And that sense of form gets even stronger as we continue to fight with our world or agree with our world or ignore our world. So just look at it. Just receive. Sit down, face the wall until everything is a wall, until there isn't anything but a receiver, which is not even an identity. When I'm looking at the pacifying, is there a way to work with it that it looks like letting go is pacifying? How do I see what I'm actually doing? Continue to sit and continue to receive and don't talk so much. Don't explain anything to yourself or to anybody. Knock it off. When I say that, you don't have to do it forever, but a couple of years, maybe. Why don't you start, we'll start out with two months. Don't say anything for two months. Can you do that? What am I asking you to do? You're asking me to observe. Oh, I keep opening my mouth. I am. And when I say, don't say anything for two months, what am I saying? How would you interpret that? if you are interpreting it. Take it into consideration every time I want to open my mouth. Um, see how I, I'm still going to open my mouth, but see, just to look more deeply at that. I can help you. Just talk, uh, open your mouth situationally. That means if somebody asks you something or talks to you, uh, you can respond. No addition. Add anything on to that. Just receive and receive with all of your senses. Receive with your gravity is holding you on the ground so you can even say something in the first place or the third place. You're smelling. You have a nose. You have the six sense fields and their objects. Just receive, just receive. Just add, add nothing. It's a very radical, minimalist approach. It's very similar to sitting meditation, but up and moving around, uh, those. I don't teach meditation in action. I wouldn't even call it meditation in action. I would, but what I call it, shut up. Unless, unless you need to do it, unless you need to sit, but you could look at it that way. Slow that down for a while. You understand? You understand? I don't know. What did I, what did I just tell you to do? Receive. I did. Now, do you understand? You want me to spell it out for you? Don't, uh, remember, were you ever at a kitchen table when you are eight years old? Yes. Don't speak unless you're spoken to of that. <laughs> Pretty clear. Okay, so you could kind of treat it that way. Go slow, uh, slow down the response. You tend to fill up the space. You ask me the question, so I'm, uh, you give me permission to respond to you. You tend to fill up the space with your ideas, your concepts, your beliefs, your opinions, and so on. We all do that in different ways. Very, very different ways. So, but this must be time to tell you this, because that's what I'm doing. You listening? Yes. What did I say? Don't fill up the space. That'll work. Yes, sir. Um, your talk title, Don't Let Go, in... Uh, cutting through spiritual materialism, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche says, don't let go, but let let be. It, what is letting be? Is that something we I don't can... teach that. He taught that. It worked for him. I don't know who he was talking to, who he was uh, addressing, and how he felt in uh, 1972 talking to a bunch of hippies. Probably half of them were stoned. Do I know that? I don't know. But he was responding to, to that. that. That sounds like him. I'm bowing when something arises in the apparent external world is there any activity we can actually do is there an activity yeah okay I'm ready for that yeah let be let it be now that's, that's what I'm saying but the difficulty with that that I am endeavoring to bring up is don't it's so easy to let it be as a credential I'm just letting it be I'm just going to let it be if you're lecturing, if you can just let it be without those words, without hearing Rinpoche or, or me or anybody else 
just you see the situation, you're just not going to enter into that. It's this is happening, that's happening, and the urges to stop that or start this, uh, uh, rather than say let it be, that that provides a credential to the one who's letting things be. That's getting a, a little bit of it's like a a microchip in there that just says, yeah, you're really kind of letting things be here. So, no, you're not. You're don't separate yourself from your world into some kind of person who's an observer. You are what you're looking at. You're not separate from it. It's devastating to ego. If there's any ego left, you'll know it because you will be nervous about it. You'll be worried about it. And any emotion that comes up, you, you'll have a, something like, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know. What if this never goes away? If you transcended your personal self, you won't give a shit how you feel. There are some people, old students of mine, that are having difficulty with my direct teaching these days. My apologies. If you're not ready for, for this, then go somewhere else. But if you are, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm being as direct with you as I can. We're only here for a certain length of time. We're manifested as a human form. We are not human, nor are we not non-human. This is very temporary. This is an opportunity for you to hear this from someone who's looking at it, not someone who's thinking of a bunch of stuff. This this gives me some kind of permission to even do this, thanks to the Buddha 2,500 years ago started this lineage, and this is happening all over the world. There's a little bit of Buddhism everywhere. I'm just encouraging encouraging you to observe, receive whatever shows up. You've got it coming. If you, you eventually even find out there isn't anything moving. There isn't anything even happening. Sir? Jeez, I'm buying. Can there be path without movement or orientation? Um, yes. How do we... What yes. is the impulse to have orientation? To, to feel like you are somebody getting somewhere and doing the right thing. The, the true spiritual path actually comes to you. Everything is comes to you. You don't have to go anywhere. Disagree with me if you'd like to. Show me how I'm misunderstanding what you're looking at. Is Chiesambang is the is the path without movement closer to fruition? There, yes, you, you could say that, say it that way, yes. Jeez, I'm bowing. While we are still actively endeavoring to understand what this is, is the movement necessary or the directionality necessary? Um, what do you want to know? I'm wondering if I look at the path and that there's always a motivation of something else or a fruition mm -hmm. or an understanding, and I'm wondering if that's a necessary part of walking the path. Yes. Yes, you're, you're going to, you might have to look at those things forever. If things bouncing across the kitchen table at you, kind of looking like something else and magnetizing you away from uh, your uh, receiving into some kind of, now I've received this, or I just received, or I just let go, or any of the other expressions of conclusion or fruition. Go ahead. Jeez, I'm bowing. If that directionality or movement is not showing up, is this still temporary? What? If you're just practicing without an, without um, an intention to go somewhere else, is this still a temporary situation? Looks like it. The way I'm, uh, what I'm understanding you're asking, I would say yes. Anything you can talk about is temporary. Anything you can say, anything you can believe, think, anything, everything is temporary. Nothing lasts. If it can be discussed or talked about as some kind of, uh, some kind of, um, it clings together in such a way you can even refer to it as some kind of a status, but it's temporary. Jeez, I'm buying. Is there anything on the path that would it, wouldn't be temporary in that sense? That's what I know of. Jeez, I'm bowing. Is the differentiation between teacher and student something that can be pointed at? And is that temporary? 
it's temporary and the pointing is temporary nothing lasts anything that is an occurrence goes away it's very naturist to show up and go away whatever it is but the the the, the so-called uh, relationship between the teacher and the student or b between any polarity but that's the one we're working with here uh, is uh, there is no relationship because they're not two different things the student and the teacher are not two two separate situations no what do we do when we see the uh, invitation to relax into the path or letting the path come to <clears throat> us and also see the desire to produce um, frustrations or mantras or more what what's your what do we do when and that's a question but i i don't want to go and start to necessarily say a bunch of things about it but give me an idea of what it is you want to know and then i can respond to you individually basically it's how do i discern uh, are you prostrating yes and I'm, you're practicing every day you're a fully ordained monk so what's your question you say path is um let the path come to you mm -hmm. i don't know if that's the path coming to me ask me is that the path coming to me yes that's why you need a teacher that might be all the teacher will do is you just say how about this how about this how about this that's all i did with both of my teachers and they were extremely direct as soon as i became direct with them i got it from them more than I even asked for, from both of them. And they have not gone anywhere, they're still here. The, the, those human beings that I met, what they represented is right here. Doesn't mean that I'm some kind of an emanation of them necessarily, but they're, they're not somewhere else. The Buddha is not somewhere else. When you turn your screen off and go and face your cushion or face your wall or look at your refrigerator, the Buddha is right there. What is being pointed at is right in front of you all the time. And even all the time is a ridiculous statement because that, the, very, uh, the very word all is attached to uh, incomplete. And the very word uh, time is attached to the assumption that there is such a damn thing as time. Is the intention to see the truth a cover up? Well, if you're using it as a cover-up, then yes, you can turn it into a, a lid. If, you, if you're using that as some kind of a, well, at least I'm just, at least I'm just that kind of, at least. The at least comment is always a key to anything where there's some kind of differentiation that is turning away from what you need to look at. Well, at least I'm sitting a lot. I feel like crap, but at, well, at least I'm sitting a lot. Or at least I'm, at least I'm, at least I'm, follow me? More? How about now? Sure, Go ahead. Um, you'll often talk about how when we sit down, have the intention to see the truth. And I just, I can't recognize that. Recognize what? My intention to see the truth. Did you sit down? Yes. Are your eyes open? Yes. Is there a wall in front of you? Yes. Enough said. Do a lot of it. Further question? Yes, sir. Is getting magnetized by otherness always ego's way of hanging on? Some, you know, sometimes, like you're saying, you're recognizing that, getting magnetized. It, it, somewhat, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm losing something because I'm getting lost in your particular lostness. So that's why sometimes I'll say, can you say that again? or or could you paraphrase that? It's because I'm I'm really not separate from you. Looks like it though. You're very lucky. It just looks like it. You were you were responding to Jason, and there was this thing bouncing across the kitchen table. Yes. And you were talking about being magnetized into otherness, and yes. I don't know. It seems, I'm just. It seems like that that energy is either cover up or the ego's involved in some way. I teach cover up, I don't cover it up, and I teach that, but I know you can't stop doing it. I'm covering things up. So, a little bit of a difference there in observing a cover up. Uh, but it's, it's a 
a practice. You don't have to accomplish not covering up. You just have to be very aware that you're covering up. Consciousness always finds its own form, whether it's a cover-up, whether it's no covering up, whether it's enlightenment, whether it's delusion. Not separate. But you're doing fine. Just continue to observe that. And and also observe the, the frustration that tends to come up when we are not sure what the hell we're doing. That's how this feels. That's why you need a practice. So you need, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I can see, I'm not saying you couldn't do this totally on your own as a spontaneous realizer. That's happened to some people. Very few, as far as I know, some. But with this structure, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, you've got a structure that you can actually return to. You can, as Ondo was asking, you can continue to prostrate. What is it kind of a meaningless thing? What the hell are you even doing anyway? What am I bowing down to? Is a golden idol in front of me or something? Or maybe it's a tanka or maybe it's a, um, you know, a, a candle. Just prostrate. There's something called sevenfold Mahayana Puja, which, which that's one of them, prostration. There's something about that I think that has a lot of power to it because it's your body and mind are not separate. Very hard to prostrate with your mind, but you fall at the feet of the, the teaching, the teacher, and the Sangha. Say that I take refuge in the teacher, I take refuge in the teaching. Or I go to refuge, or I receive refuge, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to intention, intention, intention. There's nothing out there saying, good job, really good. Keep coming. There's nothing there. There isn't anything there but your intention, and your intention is em empty of its intent. If it's full of its intent, then we're looking, then it's a goal orientation. Then we're trying to get to the point where we understand verse 26 in uh, Vasubandhu's 30 verses. I can explain to that to you, by the way. So, the best way to explain it is study it a lot. Study all of them. Studying them in Sanskrit. Gokudo. Gokudo bowing. There's a question from Slav in the chat box. Yes. Slav bowing. Even observation is an act of letting go. But you say, do not let go. It is confusing to me, bowing. I don't think you're as confused as, as you may think you are. It doesn't, it doesn't sound that way from the way you're uh, phrasing the question. So I would say just continue. If you're already meditating, if you've been meditating for years, which uh, I presume you have a while, just continue to meditate. Return, 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 return to if you uh, consider yourself a student of the Buddha's Dharma, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha as a gesture, possibly prostrate or at least bow, and uh, and continue to do that. What you're bringing up as a, as confusion is not confusion. Don't fix it. Don't explain it. Just receive it. Whatever's showing up as a as a you know, uh, as whatever it shows up as, just receive that, receive that. That's not time to divide and conquer and find out, uh, sort things out so you don't feel confused. The confusion is the wisdom. It is wisdom. There's no separation. It's fundamentally unobstructed, but you have to see it. Then even obstructions are, are you're looking right into the eyes of the Buddha. Not not the historical guy, but what, the, what he was pointing at that we use a, we use a form so that it can remind us that this is this is what you're looking at. This is a reference point you have, even though it's a big chunk of wood or plaster or a half half full or half empty. Half, more than half empty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you never want to say anything but that. So yeah, more than half empty. That's very that's um, that's existentially puzzling. What she just said. <laughs> Okay, further questions? Kevin Bowing. Kevin, go ahead. Uh, earlier you said uh, the substrate of suffering is mistaken identity. Is that the same as the classical way of phrasing suffering as caused by grasping or craving, Bowing? Sim similarly, the, the grasping that is... Uh, it's not so much of a problem. The what is a, what is a, the issue there that needs to be seen is that that the grasping is fine. That's just part of dependent origination. But that's but it's very difficult to see it that way because the ego mind wants to be someone who doesn't grasp. So there's another layer of fixation where we have mistaken identity. There is no one home anywhere. 
There, there's no a consciousness is liberated and it doesn't care whether there's a body. It doesn't care whether there's no body. It doesn't care whether there's uh, bluebirds out the window. It doesn't care whether, uh, as this we saw yesterday, it's a, like a little bird that doesn't care if it's blind. We saw a little bird that did, didn't, didn't care whether it was blind or not. No opinion on its uh, inability to see. So it's so it's um, you're liberated. You know, you, I'm not I'm not saying you're willing to go somewhere and have a heart attack. You're not going to go to the negative end of it to prove a point. But you you don't have concerns about that anymore. Another way of saying that, as the 16th Karmapa said in 1981, before he passed into his conventionally described as a parinirvana. Nothing happens. It's just a way of pointing directly at the absolute. At the same time, we're in this completely confusing world of the six realms, passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, all driving some kind of, some kind of identity that is attached to this form. You're, you're much more than just this human form with a limited lifetime of so many years. When I say much more, uh, I'll take it even further. There isn't anything that isn't you, uh, your actual identity. But you have to see it, and and try and trying to see that, or attempting to see that, or directing uh, through the direction of a teaching person, whether it's Buddhism or some other. There's several teach, teachers out there that are not Buddhist who, who are, as far as I can see, I haven't met them, but it looks like they're pointing at what they're looking at. I, that's what I call a true teacher. A true teacher won't teach out of knowledge. A true teacher is free of their, free of knowledge. They might have a lot of it, but they don't beat you over the head with it. Or do they try to get you to pass a test? This is the test. You don't, you don't need to set up some other thing as a test. Kevin Bowing. Yes, sir. You sometimes have used the expression, lose the war. Or do. how do we lose the war without letting go or surrendering, Bowing? So when I say lose the war, the idea there with someone who's a student uh, will be that you'll look at the war. You'll, and then you, maybe you, you would say, well, how do you would do what you're doing right there? How do I lose that war? And then you'd see that you can't fundamentally lose that by just having a, an intention to lose it. So that, that causes, when I say lose the war, the idea there is that brings you to looking at the warfare, if there is such a thing in your mind stream, which there probably is on some level at different times. So it's, it's where you see, so that the very losing of the war is, is an even greater loss. You can't even lose the war. You know, you're, you are, you're attached to outcomes. You're attached to the outcome of losing the war, or you're attached to the outcome of winning the war. You begin to be introduced if there's a strong awareness practice contingent or with a foundation of very much, very strong shikantaza, not creation completion practices. Those are valuable in certain times, certain places with certain people. A deity yoga, I've done a, a bunch of deity yoga, so I speak out of uh, that. But the most important thing you can do as I see it is sit down, hold still, and just just observe what arises. This is this is Mahamudra. This is Zogchen. It's a, an advanced form of it where you're not going through all the, uh, shall we call it, what's the Sanskrit word, rigmarole. You're not going through all the building up and dissolving and building up and dissolving. Just look at it. Maria. Maria Boeing. Is no relationship the same as no self? Yes. Yes. Junchu. A question from Zach in Kalamazoo. Zach. You mentioned before that the spiritual path is in some ways a path of failure. What do you mean by that? Well, simply put, it's just not, uh, it's not a success. Uh, even though it's talked about sometimes as success on the path is seeing uh, the truth. But it's, it's just a relative way of describing something that, that, that can't fundamentally, from the relative point of view, be successful. Like you can successfully go to school and study and get a degree and, and enter graduate school and pass tests and become a doctor. Or you can also study a, a, a trade, become a carpenter and learn from someone how to build houses. 
but the spiritual path uh, has is a different. Uh, there's a different dynamic that is happening there. It's not. It's about cause and effect to some extent. Initially, karma, uh, the twelve links on the chain of existence, is very much cause and effect. The way of con- conceptually describing what is happening in your mind stream as you reach for this and, and grasp that and refuse that and shut down on that passion, aggression, and ignorance to provide protection for an ego that is fundamentally unreal, even though it's attached to a body that seems very real, seems like I'm here. I'm hearing, I'm smelling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. Everything is saying me, 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 me. But what is being received as the sense feels uh, is being elaborated on by the thought process to tell you, I'm the one who's smelling. I'm the one who doesn't like that that fragrance, whatever that cologne or perfume that person's wearing. I wish they'd stop wearing that. You ever said that about anything? I have. That's all I know about it. And do, did I get rid of that? No. You don't have to get rid of anything. You just have to see vividly what this is and how do you do that? Receive everything. The worst thing in front of you, the worst thing in the mind stream, the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst, the best. Everything. Receive everything. So the spiritual path doesn't have results. The spiritual path is about intention, and the intention is supported by various ways, with various forms, a monastery. People come to me and, and they, they want their whole life to be about this path. path. They've somehow been inspired by what the Buddha said, what Dogen said, what Vasubandhu said, or what some teacher, some teaching down through the centuries has said, possibly something my teacher said, possibly something I said, possibly something their mother said, possibly something their dog barked. I'm not being silly. I'm just saying things occur in different ways. There is no correct way. So if a person is inspired to do this, they step on this path either through lay precepts or fuller ordination, or not at all. Maybe they don't don't want to do any kind of joining anything, which is, of course, is a misunderstanding. There's nothing here to join. So they they spiritual path is doesn't have so much the goal orientation. If you wanted a goal orientation, then the one that I talk about is uh, a vow to see the truth. And you might have to look at a whole lot of lies uh, in order to see what this is. You might have to look at your own mind, your own self-deception, and see that you can't get rid of that. You can't get rid of your self-deception. So you can't really ever really fundamentally grow up. There, there's not going to be, it's not going to be a success story. If you need that, then you might want to try silver mind control or maybe S training or uh, what's, what's another, and I'm, I'm kidding you. I don't say, I'm not recommending any of these things. Scientology or any of the other the ones that guarantee results. A question from Liam in Marquette. Liam. Can you please recommend a way to help me gain motivation? Well, not knowing you, uh, it's a little difficult for me to tune into where this is coming from. But I would say try something very simple. Like, uh, see what you, uh, I'm kind of assuming you're talking about getting your motivation to, to train your mind, to get to the cushion, look at the wall, observe the wall, not stare at it, sit down, hold still, watch the continued movement. Once you hold the body still, body and mind are not two different things. They're just not. They're also not the same. Sit down, hold still, look at the wall and write it, make a note to yourself, put it on. Put it on your nightstand. Put it on your mirror where you look at in the morning. I meditate every day from 7 to 8. And then watch yourself talk yourself out of that. Because it's about awareness. It's not about success. You may have to look at that, but set it up in front of yourself so that you see that you're, so you actually know what the feeling is just to to actually ignore that or just come up with an excuse how I, well, I can't do that today because I've got to mow the lawn. Or I, or I, I told Jim next door that I would, Help him with his uh, camel, which he keeps running away. So he's got to go over there and catch the camel for Al. Make a note. Make set it set it down. I meditate every day. From make it make a positive statement about it, and then watch the negativity arise. Notice how hard it is, maybe, to just even write that down. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to do that. Or you can do it the other way. You could say, "Oh, that's kind of silly. That's not going to be helpful to me." 
I've already tried that. I tried that back in 1999 when I was living with Ethel. I'm not going to do that anymore. We all kinds of stories, anything we can do, fabrication to prevent ourselves from seeing our true nature. And why would we do such a thing? Because it's frightening. And so I have sometimes have people say, this is fine to me. I'm doing fine. I've been meditating for three years now. And I'm not really, really felt frightened, which is kind of hard. But why is, why are you talking about this being frightened? Or why, why are you saying that when I'm not, are there people that are frightened? Yes, there are. And actually you're one of them too. Just maybe doing a good job of keeping a lid on the skip jar of Skippy. Question from Adriana. Yes. What is the refuge offered by the Dharma? The refuge is, uh, simply put, and maybe more description than you actually want, but it's just that you, the Dharma, you can actually look at the nature of the ways of any, the way the life living a lifetime has been explained by not only the Buddha, but it is a cumulative tradition. It's it's not just what the, the Buddha revealed everything and we all believe it. If you're believing anything, this is not Buddhism. Belief, disbelief, and ignorance are the three poisons. Don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't look away. So the refuge that the that, that offers is just to take one of them, life is suffering, the simplest one. The cause is wanting something else. And uh, the goal is uh, cessation, and the path is train your mind, or Sheila Samadhi and Prajna, broken down in different ways by different teachers. So it's that. Also, the, the 12 links on the chain of existence, those are descriptions, con conceptual descriptions given by people who have studied this. Maybe you, one of the lineage holders that you might identify with more than, uh, than others. Tozan Ryokai, Sekitokisen, Dogen Zenji. You can just read Dogen Zenji, who was teaching the Dharma, 13, 13th century. So you refuge in the Buddha as the teacher, refuge in the Dharma as what is being taught. It may be what I'm saying, it may be some way of using what I'm saying, but there's no solid being here. There's certainly a hand moving. Yeah. And when you, if you guys weren't here, I'd probably scratch my nose or pick my nose. Still a human being here, kind of irritating to actually be attached to a human form. Not that I'm anxious to leave, but it should be interesting. So refuge in the Buddha. And then the one that's quite often missed is refuge in the, in the Sangha, the community. This community is so important. And I, I didn't realize this, how important this was uh, when I was studying with a sangha that irritated the hell out of me. That's how you know, you know you're in a sangha when there's people that are there who are studying under the same teacher, studying the same teaching, and they irritate you. That's how you know it's sangha. Because if it's just friendship, you'll just leave. You'll go join another, you'll get out of that bowling league and go in another one. Or you'll stop, you'll stop going to the Elks Club and you go to the Eagles, or you'll, 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 you'll Go to this church, to that church, or get into another sangha. Find another teacher. That's a good one. Find a teacher that has students exactly like you. So then you can have friends everywhere. That's what the definition of a friend, you know, is somebody who agrees with you and loves you and appreciates you, no matter what you do. I mean, you might not want to murder somebody, but if you're really obstructive or difficult for your husband or your spouse or your whatever, if that person's your friend, they're, they're going to protect you. They're gonna they're gonna make excuses for you because they're your friend, but uh, a, a kalyanamitra or companion in the virtue is not gonna make excuses for you. They're not gonna let you off the hook. That doesn't mean they're gonna put you on the hook either. But they're not gonna buy into your craziness. You won't might not know whether they're doing that or not because you might find that they just listen to you and they make no response. Or they might say, if you're one of my students, maybe you should go talk to Sokazan about that. And of course, you never talk to me about it. I know you guys. Okay, enough joking around. Is there another question? <clears throat> yes. Another question from Adriana. Is taking refuge a way of covering over what is appearing? Well, I'm, I'm not saying you couldn't do that. You could think that taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and Sangha uh, might not be some way of 
it could show up like that. But the practices that are involved there, this is actually a true teacher, not someone who's just trying to gather members or make money or become famous. There's that happening there too. But to fundamentally take refuge in a true teacher, someone who's teaching out of what they're looking at, not just a compilation of knowledge or books. And the Dharma that is being taught by the Buddha, whether it's a, a person who understands what the Buddha talked about and said and teaches that out of their own understanding, or there's so many ways that can show up, including in your own mind stream. And then the Sangha, the community, relate to people who are actually endeavoring to see the truth, no matter what, no matter what. Michelle, did you have a question? Michelle, I, I did, but I keep on losing it. Ah, I keep losing it too. Anyone else? Anyone on Zoom have a question? Deb, Deb Bowing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Deb. I'll get to you next, Bushin. Thank you. Um, so lately when I'm sitting... I'm noticing a lot of fatigue and dozing off and it's quite irritating and I'm having a hard time just getting through an hour because it's going on for so long. Um, I've heard you say, then go take a nap, but there's a part, I don't want to take a nap, but I, it's really hard to sit with that. Is there anything I need to do besides just notice that? I think that's probably enough. If you can't, are you sitting cross-legged on a cushion facing a wall? I can't because of my physical situation. I sit on a chair and face the wall. You lean back or sit forward? Try to sit forward, I do. Lean I, back. Lean back. Okay. Lean back and fall asleep. Fall asleep. Okay. Don't, don't maintain. Uh, this is different for every every situation and every person and and there's no blanket. Everybody has to do it this way. Don't maintain it. Observe how you fall asleep. Observe. Observe. It's about awareness. It's not about accomplishing a damn thing. You can spend your life practicing trying to fill up the room with air or raise your gaze or do anything to stay awake. Fall asleep. If you, if you, if you watch me meditate at all, you'll see me fall asleep several times while I'm sitting not, don't need to correct that. It's all about intention, not about accomplishment. If you sit down, you intend to to train your mind and see what is happening, and you 10 seconds later, 20 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, you start to fall asleep, then you'll come back. If you're leaning back uh, in your chair uh, and you fall asleep, then fall asleep. Fall asleep. It's, it's a, that awareness does not stop. There's nothing to maintain. Your intention is going on, whether you're awake or asleep. I don't believe any of that. This is not a bunch of hippies talking. Thank okay. you, Bell. Certainly. Bushin? Bushin Bowing. Uh, you were talking about being frightened, and I was wondering, what is it about seeing the truth that is frightening, Bowing? So it can show up different ways. Uh, the, the way that would be frightening is to begin to realize that what you thought was happening is unreal and not true and everything you thought was solid and dependable and, and had some kind of a, a self-validating situation just like the top of a, of a table. That kind of, well, I'm here and I'm, this is what's happening and my health is okay and I'm good. So, but the fundamental, fundamental situation is unstable and is impermanent from the point of view of relative truth, that which grounds us or helps us to think we're a body, we're this particular body, and we either don't look so good or we don't feel so good or we, we're doing pretty good. We feel good. We look good. People love us. We love other people. Temporary. And so when we begin to see that, it can get a little scary or frightening. And this, this isn't going to happen with everyone. Some people practice can practice their whole life and never particularly are daunted by any kind of fear, trepidation, or insecurity showing up. 
everyone is the karma that that you came in with is what's going to be happening. That's why you look the way you do, have the sexual sexual orientation you have, or I have, or anyone has. The, the size, your shoe size, your all of that is it is uh, dependently arisen. It's not predetermined. That's a misunderstanding. Predetermined means that you believe in past and future time and space. Like, well, not all physicists, but some of them are uh, realize that that's not real. But certainly, it's a hell of an illusion, isn't it? Yesterday we we're in that room, and and now we're in this room, and. Ten minutes, we're going to go in this other room, as if there was some kind of continuity there that was actual, unreal, incredible illusion. We start to the illusory quality starts to show up. It starts to get completely terrifying until you realize that the very person that was looking at that which was illusory is also illusory. You realize that you are unreal. If you realize that th this is unreal, this human being in a particular lifetime and the world that this particular being, meaning you or me or any of us has been traversing. And when I, uh, when, when I had, uh, uh, had a cold, uh, you know, six months ago, or when I went through this, or I had a, in my case, I would think back towards things that happened in my life. You think back as if there's some kind of continuity, some kind of reality there, some kind of history that proves everything exists. So that doesn't mean you have to go out and scare yourself. I mean, I have to be afraid or I'm not really on the path. No, that's not, not true. May not show up that way at all. Show it on. Yes. Is, is seeing the truth beyond seeing lies? It's beyond truth and lies. It's, it's a truth, relatively true. This is, that's a sound. Um, that's a sound that if you could say that was a, a, a parrot chirping, no, that, that would be a lie. It's a sound, but it's a sound that wood made on the top of the altar. The, the, the polarity, that's what's, those are not separate from each other. Sound, no sound. Life and death, up and down, back and forth, delusion, Buddhahood, clarity, uh, cloudiness. Those are not separate from each other. When those, when those are seen as not two, then we also see what is beyond that, which is not actually beyond. We see a, a beyondness. I think did Facebook just patent that meta beyond? Where's Jews on when you need him? You know where he's at? Oh, go ahead. Do we see the truth? Um, Relatively, you see the truth, and you, there's a relative situation going on, but you can't actually see uh, ultimate truth because you're not separate from it. You won't, you won't suddenly get introduced to yourself. It's it is a, it, you're actually free from what you know, rather than you're a prisoner of your knowledge, your opinions, your ideas, your judgments, your hopes, your fears. You're some kind of prisoner in this body-mind construct that is going from this room to that room or going out to start the car. So it can take a, a final question or a couple of the, if they're if they're necessary to anyone. There we have there's 43 people on Zoom. I don't know if there's any on on uh, YouTube, but go ahead, Michelle. Michelle, we chant um, wisdom beyond wisdom. Yes. What is what is that? Well, beyond the idea of wisdom, wisdom beyond wisdom. It's uh, it's beyond. I, like I was just referring to meta, because it basically means beyond. It's one of the interpretations of that. Metaverse beyond. It's there's no the relative dynamic is not there. But if you say that, then you right back to relativity again. There and not there. So we get trapped by it. Is there a further question? Kevin, don't you have a question? How did you know? I don't know. I just, you had that questioning look on your stuff. Questionable look. Uh, Kevin Bowing, I have a question about relative life. Okay. So 
in practice, you say it can get worse, but to keep going. I do. In relative situations, there might be projects or relationships that get worse over time. Do we keep going there too? Bowing. Yes. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's situational. So, uh, it's situational. So in some uh, one time, the way this situation looks, if you're clear about it, when I say clear, relatively clear, you actually can see what is ha happening there relatively, rather than you have a bunch of concepts, ideas and things or opinions and judgments laid onto it. You can't really see what's there because you just see what you think is there. This is, this is, everyone understands what I'm saying here. When you, when you think something is happening and then you see, oh no, that, that wasn't happening at all. That was, uh, that was, I was mistaken there. So that's happening on a much deeper level about just the nature of a, of being an identity, being a person or, or as the idea of one's projects. This is why I often say, if you begin to see what this is, you will begin to live more in a more and more choiceless way. You, you don't, if you see what this is, you don't, you won't even make any choices. It's almost like everything is telling you what to do. Uh, insofar as there is somebody listening. So you know what to do next. Uh, anytime you see something that conventionally would be seen as an either or, you don't see it as, as either or. You see it as just, they don't show up as either or. They're two different things maybe, but not either or. It's just that, just that. And then one may start to drop away because of causes and conditions, because of pratitya samudpada or dependent origination, which is another way of describing karma without any anybody, any self there. Then it's, then you're, you are, you could say as a, still as a human form, you're harmonious with what's happening. I'm glad that was helpful. <laughs> I like that. Thumbs up. Young. You just mentioned predetermined. It seems there's a strong belief to me. And also you mentioned, so how can I understand the past karma is, is, is past karma predetermined? Well, what do we have to deal with there as you, uh, uh, as you practice, have to uh, actually begin to look at past and future. But you have to do it. I'm not here to promote some kind of philosophy of, of past and karma, or past karma, future karma, past and future, particularly. I'm encouraging you to see this yourself. You're the one who needs to realize, how do I know you're here? You're asking me, you, you, you have asked me to function as your teacher. And I'm endeavoring to do that, but I, I can't, I don't want to get in the way of what you need to realize. So look at the very nature of the past in your mind. Look at the nature of the future. The, the, both of those areas are, are, are not solid. They're not locked down. So from the point of view of a relativity that we tend to grasp at, like I'm grasping at this coat suit, uh, is, is, uh, it's just this situation. There is no past of me grabbing this coat suit. There's no future of it. There's just this. And it has to be realized. So, it's, so I am endeavoring to point to it, and maybe not doing such a good job. The yes. reason I ask, I struggled with with staying the raw texture if some difficulty arises, especially uh, especially parenting. I will if I'm not able to stay with the with the texture, my mind goes to this is a past karma. It seems gave me some solution or some uh, reference. So how I can approach that, Bali? It sounds to me, and so far as I can tell, sounds like you're already doing it. Uh, keep in mind there are no mistakes. If we, I mean, I'm not sure there are various things that we call mistakes, but that's for convenience. But fundamentally, there are no mistakes. So your intention will, your intention to see the truth yourself, see the truth with your children, be as direct and sincere and straightforward to them, with them as you can without particularly correcting. Don't, as little correcting as possible, especially with uh, young children. Some, and if there needs to be correcting, then it needs to be completely definite. It needs to be definite. This stops or this not, this stops happening. 
but no, no, uh, no abandoning that for any kind of accusation of some someone who's incorrect. It's just that's incorrect. It's not the person that is doing that. So uh, as far as past, uh, um, you know, I, I don't say let go. The very nature of the talk is is not as is not about letting go. It's about being aware of what's there. And if it needs to go away, it will go away. Be aware of that. If you if you wanted to call it a past mistake and that's how it's showing up, then you can look at it that way. You don't have to push it away or let go of it. But notice, look at the very nature of that of that thing that you're calling a past situation or a past whatever it may be. Just look at that and, and see uh, see the connections there. See if there is a clinging happening there. Again, you don't have to let go of it, but just notice if you're hanging on to some reference point that is. Uh, that is causing maybe some more difficulty as you go along in relationship to your practice, relationship to your life, to your family, to your children. It's about awareness. It's not about being right or wrong. Difficult one. Difficult for all of us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay, we can we can close then. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.